you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. I am happy to be back after my brief break, and this time with a brand new episode, the topic being on the unicorn. Last time, we left off talking about Capricorn and its symbology and the animals that it's associated with one of them being the unicorn. So naturally, I thought, why not make an episode on the unicorn? And I also thought it'd be interesting to do an episode on the unicorn because we're constantly bombarded with this symbology everywhere we go. I mean, we have emojis, we see it in cartoons, we have t-shirts, keychains, stuffed animals. I think there are even drinks named after the unicorn. And it's even a symbol used by the LGBTQ plus community. With it being currently Pride Month, I've run into the symbol a couple times when I've been out. So there you go, right? It was confirmation that I should proceed. But that's also a perfect example of how my thought process on these topics gets going. Because now I'm curious. Now I want to know why that community has decided to adopt this mythical creature as part of their symbology. Is it because it's unique and rare? Well, perhaps in part. But then again, I wonder, why is it Scotland's national animal? And why is it in their coat of arms? By now, if you're like me, and or if you've been keeping up with the show, you should expect there to be a more deeper, complex, hidden meaning behind it. You see, when it comes to learning about symbols and occult topics, we have to realize that there are two types of teachings. We have the exoteric, And then we have the esoteric. The exoteric mainly refers to the literal meaning of things. The most obvious example I can think of is the Bible. This is when people read the Bible and only understand the literal words. They literally only understand the literal words. Sorry guys, I couldn't help it, but as a millennial who grew up with her peers using the word literally for everything, (laughs) I felt compelled to take advantage of the opportunity. Another example would be in religious ceremonies. So, for example, in Catholicism, during the Holy Communion, people are asked to take a sip of consecrated wine as a symbol of having consumed the blood of Christ. Same thing with the wafers. You eat the wafer as a symbol to having consumed the body of Christ. Most people understand that it's a sacred ritual and that it's part of their religious practices. 
and that's it. They just accept it. And sure, that's one type of interpretation. The esoteric is knowledge only understood by a few. It's the study of deeper meanings, the ones hidden behind symbols. And by studying the esoteric, we attempt to better understand the messages and teachings of the universe. So, the unicorn. The earliest record of this mythological creature being mentioned goes back to Mesopotamian artwork, and later reference in myths across the world in places such as China, India, and Japan. In ancient China, there are many accounts of a creature known as the Gilin or Kilin, and this creature was said to be a combination of a deer and a lion with green scales and a horn. This being was said to be a graceful one that could walk on both water and clouds. It was also said to have the ability to be able to look at a person and instantly determine if they were good or evil. However, in Japan, the creatures that were equivalent to the unicorn were known to hunt down criminals and bring them to justice by piercing their hearts with their horn. And another one of the earliest descriptions of the unicorn actually comes from the Greeks. It was around 400 BC, a historian by the name of Theseus, if I'm pronouncing that right, who first physically described a unicorn. All right, so picture this. It was said to have a white body with a purple head and blue eyes. And it was around the size of a horse with a horn on its forehead. And he gets very descriptive and very detailed because the horn of the unicorn he was describing was actually both red and black with the bottom of the horn being white. And he believed that this creature came from India. But now, many scholars actually believe that what he may have seen was in fact a rhino. Yep, just a basic rhinoceros. Well, maybe not so basic if he had a purple head with a red and black horn. But the Greeks and people in the medieval ages actually believed in this creature's existence. Yep, they sure did. They believed that this creature lived in the woods, and that it was a shy creature, and that it didn't present itself to just anyone intentionally. And so it became a symbol of strength, purity, and grace, and later became associated with magic. And so... It was also a mystical creature that embodied the concept of magic that was deep-rooted and found in the natural world. And so the unicorn developed a reputation of being an extremely difficult creature to capture. And so it wasn't impossible, but it was extremely difficult to capture. 
And even when they were, it wasn't for long because they were known to be so wild and fierce and untamable. In fact, it was believed to only be seen by those who were of the same level of purity. So those who were of a highly spiritual, natural state, and or those who were entirely innocent, and or virgin women. Those were basically the only people who would be able to come into contact with a unicorn. And since then, this is why the unicorn has been associated with Jesus Christ, and it's been symbolic in religious art. Some believe it's a metaphor for the purity found within Jesus Christ. And because it was also viewed as a very mystical and magical creature, its horn was believed to have the power to heal various ailments and diseases, and it was also thought to purify the water and remove poisons. And so it's no surprise to learn that people later began selling horns and claiming they were actual unicorn horns. And because many people were quote-unquote unworthy to witness their existence, they bought into it. Yeah, people would drink from their unicorn horns and or some would shave it down into a powder and mix it in their food and water in hopes that it would cure any illnesses and or diseases and that it would remove any and all poisons within them. What they didn't know is that they were most likely drinking from and or consuming antelope horns and or rhino horns. And perhaps in most instances, Norwal horns that were being passed off as unicorn horns. I actually read a little passage from a book called The Unicorn by Nancy Hathaway in where she writes that King James I was determined to figure out if he actually purchased a unicorn horn and if this horn indeed have any magical healing powers. And so he goes on to say that King James actually summoned his favorite servant and instructed him to drink some poison to which some powdered unicorn horn had been added. And so he did. But King James was unpleasantly surprised when his servant died. (laughs) But it just goes to show you how these magical and mythical creatures have fascinated mankind for centuries. In fact, when King James VI of Scotland later became king of England, he replaced one of the lions with a unicorn in the coat of arms. Of course, it was used to symbolize the unity between Scotland and England, but some say that because the unicorn is a natural enemy to the lion, it was used to symbolize Scotland's strength and fierceness and willpower of never surrendering to invaders. But that's just one theory. What do you guys think? A big shout out to all of my listeners in the UK. I see you guys, England, 
Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and even the Isle of Man. Let me know what you guys think. I always appreciate your feedback. And of course, if you have any questions, feedback, or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing with me, you can email me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com, or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and or TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. There's a couple of helpful resources on there that you're welcome to check out. And lastly, thank you so much for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.